Welcome back to Tamar Radio on KDRT 95.7 FM in Davis, California. This is your host, Rohan Bakshi. Just two hours east of Davis in the Sierra Nevada mountains lies the recreational paradise of Lake Tahoe. Its waters are so clear that you can see the rocks under its sparkling surface. And because you can see the bottom of this very deep lake, it appears deceptively shallow even though it's 1,645 feet deep at its deepest point in Crystal Bay. That's even deeper than the height of the Empire State Building. Lake Tahoe's waters are transparent waters because of their lack of fine particulates. Its deep blue color is because of the lack of algae, which are basically mini lake plants. The algae in the lake depends on nutrients such as nitrogen and phosphorus available to the algae. The lower the amount of these nutrients, the lower the algae concentration, and the bluer the lake. Scientists at UC Davis came up with a blueness index based on their measurements of wavelengths of light coming from the lake that quantifies Tahoe's blueness. Lake Tahoe's water is 99.99% pure, about as clear as distilled water. Because of its purity, the water absorbs other colors in the light spectrum, leaving blue, which is reflected back toward your eyes. The bottom of the lake does not have a bunch of aquatic plants, critters, or murky stuff like many other lakes. It has some sunken boats, but other than that, has pretty much nothing. The water's lack of nutrients, plants, and animals is what makes it so clear. Where does its water come from? 63 tributaries drain into the lake, carrying snowmelt runoff from the mountains, which makes up 65% of the water. 35% of the water comes from rain. There are other very blue lakes in the world. Nelson Blue Lake in New Zealand's South Island is the clearest lake in the world. Nelson Blue Lake is so clear because most of the particles that are in its water are filtered out as they make their way through New Zealand's southern Alps and underground from neighboring Lake Constance. The lake is within the backcountry of Nelson Lakes National Park of Tasman. If you visit the lake once you get to the edges of the park, it's going to take you at least a couple of days to get there. You have to first take a water taxi and then hike for about 9 hours to get there. Once you're there, don't even think of diving into its crystal clear waters to freshen up. The local Maori people whose land it sits on consider the Blue Lake sacred and people are not allowed to enter the water. The Maori people believe that the lake is the doorway to the dwelling place of their ancestors and their spirits. Another very blue lake is Lake Mackenzie, near Australia's east coast, on the largest sand island in the world, Fraser Island. The lake is part of Great Sandy National Park, and its purity means that many species can't even live in it. It has a delicate ecosystem, and tourists are asked not to use creams or cosmetics while in the lake. Lake Baikal in Siberia used to be Tahoe's sister city. It's both the deepest and clearest lake in the world. When it freezes, you can walk on it and see its underwater sea life and emerald green stones. The ice on Lake Baikal is more than 4 feet thick and can bear a weight of 15 tons, 
which means you can even drive a car on some parts of the lake in the winter. And that's our whirlwind tour through some of the clearest and bluest lakes around the world. Over the past 50 years, Lake Tahoe has lost about one-third of its clarity from development around the lake, vehicle exhausts, and other forms of pollution. If that makes you blue, you can do something about it. It's a privilege to live close to the natural beauty of this magical blue lake, and we can all do our part to preserve its natural wonder and leave the lake a little bit better than we found it. In today's episode of Time Out Radio, we meet Chris Joseph, who works with the nonprofit organization Keep Tahoe Blue. Chris tells us about the many threats to the blueness of the lake and what we can do to help keep it pristine and clear for future generations. Our place of the week is, you guessed it, Lake Tahoe. Up next is Stories by Boo Sika. You're listening to Time Out Radio on KDRT 95.7 FM in Davis, California. The League to Save Lake Tahoe, also known by the slogan Keep Tahoe Blue, is Tahoe's oldest and largest nonprofit environmental advocacy organization. The League was founded in 1957 and works on educating and engaging the community and finding solutions to Tahoe's environmental challenges. You've probably seen the organization's iconic stickers plastered on car bumpers around the area. Our guest on today's episode of Time Art Radio is Chris Joseph, who is the communications director for Keep Tahoe Blue. 
So welcome to the show, Chris. First off, you're a native Californian, UCLA graduate, and Rhodes Scholar with master's degrees from the University of Oxford in biodiversity conservation and social anthropology. So how did you get involved with the work of Keep Tahoe Blue? Well, thank you for having me on the show. I got involved because I was working in the communications field. And as you probably could figure from my educational background, conservation and environmental preservation work is a passion of mine. And I got away from that earlier early in my career. And I finally found an opening about a little over three years ago to come back and do something that satisfied that passion. And it was working with the League to Save Lake Tahoe. And it's been a wonderful three years. Yeah, and Keep Tahoe Blue advocates for environmental policies and funding to ensure that Lake Tahoe stays resilient in the face of the climate crisis. So how is climate change affecting Lake Tahoe? It's a great question. Um, Top of mind for everybody, especially is down in Davis and up here in the Tahoe region, we've just finished getting pelted with series after series of atmospheric river, right? And these things used to be less frequent. The weather used to be more, somewhat more predictable. But climate change is certainly, certainly forcing more periodic and extreme weather that's leading to prolonged droughts and in some cases flooding, as we've just seen, uh, decreasing the snowpack in general. And all of those shocks, they kind of destabilize uh, the ecology up here in the Lake Tahoe Basin. It's basically like, think of it like a chink in the armor. And there's so many other threats that the lake is facing from aquatic invasive species to pollution issues, um, to some of the the holdovers from the mistakes of past development that have kind of harmed the lake. So when you add on top of that climate change and this kind of wild weather that we're facing, it just makes those problems even worse and more important to to solve as immediately as possible or to help Lake Tahoe become resilient to those things so it can solve the problems by itself. And that's a real big focus of Keep Tahoe Blue. Keep Tahoe Blue works to tackle uh, invasive species and protect the delicate ecology of the Lake Tahoe area. So what sorts of invasive species create issues for the area and how do these species end up there in the first place? Aquatic invasive species particularly, and we're thinking of things like invasive underwater weeds, basically. Two species in particular, Eurasian water milfoil and curly leaf pondweed they kind of run rampant. Like most invasive species, they come into an area, they're introduced, usually accidentally. In Tahoe's case, we believe they were introduced like several decades ago by unaware boaters who who had fragments of these weeds stuck to the bottom of their boats, stuck in their bilge, attached to their props, whatever. And they came and they're accidentally introduced into Lake Tahoe where they outcompeted the native plants and it basically just exploded and thrived. So if you think of Lake Tahoe, you think of perfect, crystal clear, amazing water, right? Places where these plants, these invasive plants have taken over, if you put the images side by side, it looks like one looks like a science experiment, murky, green, disgusting, and the other is the beautiful blue Tahoe water you expect. So the league is really working to make sure that Tahoe doesn't become that big science experiment. Your organization also works to combat pollution and keep Tahoe's famous blue water clear and pristine. So what are the main sources of pollution that affect Lake Tahoe's water quality? Transportation is a massive one. 
It's not just the emissions that come out of the tailpipes of, of your car. It's also the wear and tear that your car puts on Tahoe's roads. And the rubber that shears off your tires when you're driving around here, bumping over potholes and driving over road sands in the winter and all kinds of stuff. The reason all that stuff is important is because the Tahoe Basin is basically like a big granite cereal bowl. So whatever is left on the land eventually will make its way down into the lake if it's not picked up. And all of that stuff, you know, like you're eating Lucky Charms or whatever, and the milk after you're done eating your cereal is blue or pink or green or whatever. Think of that like the same thing happens to the lake. So that's one big source of pollution. Another one that's a massive persistent problem is just litter, right? It's just people coming here and intentionally or unintentionally leaving scraps of trash behind. And a lot of what we see are plastic pieces, cigarette butts, um, waste from to-go food or wrappers from a granola bar or a water bottle or something like that. So it's things that we can control, but you know, people forget or they're just not aware of how much of that litter stays here in Tahoe. And it's tens of thousands of pounds every year. So people just need to take home with them every single tiny little piece of litter that they bring. And your group helps with uh, restoration efforts in case there are wildfires in the Lake Tahoe area. And the Caldor fire in 2021 was devastating to the Lake Tahoe Basin and its surroundings. Uh, And then last August, campers at Emerald Point let their illegal campfire get out of control and it ended up causing a quarter acre of damage. So tell us about Keep Tahoe Blue's uh, reforestation efforts. We are focused on making sure that the forests inside the Tahoe Basin and outside are healthy and can basically be resilient. In the case that there is a wildfire, because inevitably there's going to be another wildfire start, whether it's from a lightning strike or from someone leaving their campfire unattended. The times that we see these fires burn out of control is when they hit an area that hasn't burned in decades and decades. So what we're trying to do is advocate in Sacramento and advocate in Carson City and at the federal level to get funding to make sure that these forests can be um, properly managed and old dead trees can be removed. The forest can be thin and healthy like it should be naturally. Uh, We also have hands-on opportunities too, which are some of my favorite volunteer events that we offer called Tahoe Forest Stewardship Days. So that's an opportunity for any volunteer of any age, ability, skill level to come out and help us basically heal Tahoe by building trails, decommissioning old trails, clearing out dead trees, um, planting new trees or vegetation. Uh, It's just kind of a cool way. So we work at that top level by lobbying and then right there at the grassroots with getting our hands in the dirt. And you and your family live in the Tahoe area and enjoy exploring its endless trails and natural beauty. So how do you involve people who live around the area to get them to help you maintain a clear, clean, and healthy Lake Tahoe? So that's a big focus of the League to Save Lake Tahoe is we want to offer enough opportunities to people. So doing the right thing to protect Lake Tahoe is the easy and the fun thing. So we have um, a whole series of of volunteer programs where people can go from the most basic thing of just attending a a beach cleanup once a year, like July 5th, we have an annual beach cleanup, which is usually attended by hundreds of people. We remove thousands of pounds of litter almost every year to going through a training and a certification program to identify and report aquatic invasive species around the lake. So we've got this whole cool range of program from 
you can just come and help out for half an hour, or you can become a dedicated citizen scientist who contributes important scientific data that helps solve some of these problems that Tahoe is facing. Yeah, but basically we just have an open door. Come have fun with us. Come do your part to keep Tahoe blue. It's it's a blast. And it's like an instant gratification thing too. You know, you go home a little sweaty and uh, doing a little bit of work and you know that you made a, a meaningful impact to uh, help protect this special place. And Keep Tahoe Blue Schools, which is your organization's youth education program, has uh, environmental science and stewardship experiences for Lake Tahoe area students. What kinds of activities do these students work on? So they can range from anything to from conducting a personal trash audit. So basically you collect all the garbage that you produce as an individual in a week lay it all out, separate it into different categories and determine like how much of this stuff is going to the landfill that I use every week, how much can be recycled. Once you're aware of what you're producing, you can kind of minimize your footprint or it can go down to um, going to a stream or down to the lake and um, taking water samples and doing scientific measurements on the pH or the turbidity or the dissolved solid loads in the water to really understand how healthy is this water that's flowing into Lake Tahoe. Uh, so it's like a, a whole cool range of things. We try to get engaged students outside of the classroom and in the environment as much as possible. And let's talk uh, about the distinctive Keep Tahoe Blue sticker that's well known in this part of the world. Uh, in fact, it's also known in other parts of the world. It has been cited all over uh, Europe, Chile, and even Fiji. And there's also a Spanish and a Russian version of the sticker. And I read that no one really knows who designed the sticker. And the league first started printing it back in the early 1970s. So tell us what prompted the production of these stickers. Yeah, I think you've been on our website. You've seen all those pictures <laughs> and sticker sightings. Um, yeah, they're, they're they're all over. I mean, um, it's really cool to to work for an organization that has that really recognizable mark and brand, and you see it everywhere. You know, I see it when I'm traveling across the country and in different countries, like you mentioned. No one does know what, when it was created, but the reason it was created is because the late 1960s were a period of a lot of environmental lawsuits where developers were trying to build new casinos, new subdivisions that would have changed and really impacted Tahoe. And it would not be like the beautiful lake it is today. And the league got involved way back then in these fights and they needed a, a rallying cry. They needed a way to translate all the complex legal and environmental issues down into one simple phrase. And that phrase was keep Tahoe blue. Everybody understands blue. Everybody understands that the beauty of the lake is its color and its environmental health. And that kind of was nicely wrapped up in three words. And it's really just had staying power ever since, you know, however long that's been more than 50 years that sticker has been around. So um, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool for sure. So my family and I are among the 15 million visitors who enjoy Lake Tahoe each year. What are the top three things that you know, I could do the next time I visit Lake Tahoe to keep Lake Tahoe blue. So we call it being a Tahoe blue gooder. There's easy things that don't take away from your time here. They actually add to it because you get a sense of satisfaction from doing the right thing. One, just don't litter. It's easy. Just take the trash that you bring with you. If you eat a food wrapper, just make sure everything gets in a sealed trash can or a dumpster because otherwise bears will get it. You can also do your very best to leave your car parked. If you're coming up here with your family, drive one car. 
And then once you get here, park it and take all the public transportation options that are available around the basin. Because we talked about transportation's pollution impacts earlier, right? And then the last thing is come and do something with the league. Volunteer at one of our events, get involved in one of our programs, or just like and follow us on social media at Keep Tahoe Blue. Spread the word. Share that message that it's up to all of us to protect the lake. All right. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for joining me on Time Out Radio today. Uh, Great to talk to you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. That's Chris Joseph, who is the communications director for Keep Tahoe Blue.
that was Silent Running by Gorillaz featuring Adelaide Omotayo. In today's travel segment, we visit Lake Tahoe. This large freshwater lake straddles two states, California and Nevada. Two-thirds of the shoreline is in California and has the city of South Lake Tahoe. The rest of the lake is in Nevada. It's the second deepest lake in the United States. The deepest lake in the country is Oregon's Crater Lake. With a surface area of 191 square miles or 122,000 acres, Tahoe is also the largest alpine lake in North America. The lake is so extensive that it has a visibly convex surface due to the curvature of the earth. It holds 39 trillion gallons of water. That's enough to cover the entire state of California with more than a foot of water. The surface of the lake is at an elevation of 6,000 feet above sea level in the Sierra Nevada mountains, which gives it the nickname Lake of the Sky or Jewel of the Sierras. The lake was formed 2 million years ago and was shaped by the ice ages. Its name comes from the Native American word Da'au, which translates to the lake. The Washoe tribe lived in the Tahoe Basin for more than a thousand years. The area was a passage to California during the days of the gold rush. In the late 19th century, loggers cut down 95% of the area's forests for lumber for housing, mines, and transcontinental railroads. Two-thirds of the area is now national forest land, owned by the U.S. Forest Service. There is one island in Lake Tahoe, Finat Island in Emerald Bay, and you can get to it by boat or kayak. On the shores of Emerald Bay, there is a 38-room historic mansion called Viking's Home that you can check out if you are a fan of Scandinavian architecture. The Tahoe area is home to 66,000 people and has something for everyone all year round, with its summer outdoor recreation, winter sports, and stunning scenery. Summers and winters bring in lots of visitors, and its population can reach 300,000 people on its busiest days. The lake has 72 miles of shoreline for boating, kayaking, and stand-up paddleboarding. Although the mountains around Lake Tahoe are a skiing destination in the winter, you may be surprised to know Lake Tahoe itself doesn't freeze. This is because of the heat that's stored in the lake's massive amount of water compared to its surface area. Despite that, its waters are pretty chilly most of the year. The area has endless hiking and mountain biking trails around the lake. The 165-mile Tahoe Rim Trail goes around the lake. The 4-mile Emerald Point Trail may work better if you are short on time. The Granite Chief Wilderness and Desolation Wilderness have great hiking trails and wilderness camping. The Flume Trail is also popular with mountain bikers. You've probably heard of Scotland's mythical Loch Ness monster, Nessie. Lake Tahoe has its own version of an unidentified water creature, Tessie. Scientists from the UC Davis Tahoe Environmental Research Center think that Tessie sightings are most likely mistaken identifications of a giant fish called a sturgeon that was dropped by someone accidentally or on purpose, a long time ago into the lake. Sturgeons are prehistoric species of fish 
that feed at the bottom of water bodies, live for decades, and can grow to 12 feet long and weigh up to 3,000 pounds. Despite this voice of science and reason, the myth of Tahoe Tessie continues. So that wraps up our journey to our place of the week, the sparkling cobalt blue Lake Tahoe. Alright, let's call a timeout for Timeout Radio. This was your host, Rohan Bakshi. You're listening to Cater 95.7 FM, where the grassroots grow. Have a great day, everyone.